Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome to The World in 10, your roundup of the day's biggest stories from our correspondents here at The Times of London. I'm Eleanor Shearwood. And I'm Laura Cook. Today, we're talking about a risk of another war linked to Russia. But first, how realistic is a dramatic shift to our ways of working? A four-day work week pretty much sounds like a dream. Three-day weekends every week, still managing to get the same amount of work done and no less pay. I mean, sign me up. Absolute heaven. (laughs) Some schools in America have been trialling it, as have lots of companies here in the UK. And... It's a legal right in Belgium too. Yeah, but we're talking about this today because the Times has done some digging on one very specific trial taking place at a local council in England. Basically, they've been giving staff either Monday or Friday off and it's published a report that's kind of hailed it as this great success, really. But, there's a big but, your Mm -hmm. dream work life might actually be too good to be true. Devastating. Journalists (laughs) at the Times have found out that report had actually been edited by a council leader to make it seem more positive. And actually, if you look back, even a few months ago, there were reports that it wasn't going entirely to plan. The Prime Minister Rishi Sunak was even asked about it in the House of Commons. Public servants should rightly focus on delivering for the public and taxpayers. And it is disappointing to hear from my honourable friend that his local Liberal Democrat council is not doing this. Reducing, as I heard, staff contact hours and costing residents more. I urge the council to reconsider their decision because his residents and constituents in South Cambridgeshire District Council clearly deserve better. And now the Times has published a list of the complaints. Shall we run through some? Absolutely. So, number one, having to do unfinished work on their days off. Yes, the team that worked Mondays complained people on Fridays did less anyway. (laughs) People also spending more time replying to out-of-office email responses than actually emailing the people that they wanted to email. And today, we've heard from Anthony Brown, the area's Conservative MP, and bear in mind the council's run by the Liberal Democrat Party. Safe to say, he doesn't think the trial's working either. I'm not averse to innovation. I'm all in favour of uh, innovating the way way we work. But actually, there's a real difference. If you're in a creative industry, like in marketing or something, then your brain is working even when you're on the golf course or having a bath or walking the dog or whatever. But if you're processing housing benefit claims at your computer, then... Uh, the, the amount of times if you're, you're clearly going to get more done in five days than in four days and there's something going massively wrong if you can do five days work in four days. South Cambridgeshire District Council says the cuts were made to clarify some confusing language, remove quotes from individuals and to make the whole report shorter. We 
We head now to a part of the world you might not know a lot about, but it's a place where tensions are building and people are fleeing in their thousands. We told you last week about the area in Azerbaijan called Nagorno-Karabakh. Well, fears are growing that there could be a war on a large scale by the end of the year. So just to remind you a little bit about what we're talking about, this area is in Azerbaijan, but it's been governed by ethnic Armenians for the past 30 years. Both countries gained independence from the Soviet Union back in 1991. To recap a little bit more, the start of the tensions rising last week came after four soldiers died in landmine blasts. Now, Azerbaijan blamed separatist Armenian forces and they launched a military offensive. They seized the area... And then fears started growing over another war linked to Russia because relationships with Moscow aren't the best because Armenia refuses to support the war in Ukraine. Nevertheless, Russia brokered a ceasefire. And to bring you up to date, last night thousands of ethnic Armenians were queuing for fuel, trying to flee, basically out of fear of persecution or ethnic cleansing. Anyway, they were waiting at a fuel depot when there was a huge explosion. 20 people died and 290 were injured. Now, the United States is getting involved. Well, there have been supportive noises. And today, here's Samantha Power, head of the Agency for International Development. We know that there are injured civilians who need to be evacuated. And it is absolutely essential that evacuation be facilitated by the government of Azerbaijan. Today, I am announcing that the United States will provide $11.5 million in humanitarian assistance. A letter of support also from President Biden has been handed to Nikol Pashinyan, the Armenian prime minister, who is facing huge pressure over these troubles. I mean, it's just really uncertain how this is all going to end. It's a really tense situation. Experts are worried this could signal a new military conflict between Armenia and Azerbaijan. And just looking at the map, there's potential for major regional powers to be drawn in. You might not have heard much about COVID for a while, but today we're talking about the after effects or long COVID. Now, this is a new condition. It's still being studied, but researchers have found the risk of getting it might have been exaggerated and perhaps made people more worried than they needed to be. Now, we're not talking about the severity of long COVID with symptoms like long-term fatigue, which can be truly debilitating. Mm. But this is more of a warning about poor quality research. Now, essentially... Researchers think a really broad definition of what long COVID is. Coupled with a lack of control groups in lots of studies, that's made for unreliable data. Yeah, and basically just means that its prevalence has been overestimated. Now, we've been hearing from Dr Tracy Beth Hoag. She's from the University of California at San Francisco, and she's actually the lead researcher of the paper. We'll let her explain what they found. People are very afraid of getting COVID because they think their likelihood of getting long COVID is so high. And our U.S. CDC is still saying that one in five people get long COVID after they have COVID-19 based on, you know, the flawed methodology that we're talking about, where they basically say, did you have a new symptom after COVID-19 and did it last three months? But that's any new symptom. 
And we also have, you know, people who are going to the doctor with vague symptoms and the doctor says, well, it's probably long COVID, but it's not long COVID at all. It's something else that they really should be worked up for and treated for. It's worth saying, though, that not everyone agrees with this. The Times Science editor Tom Whipple has been taking a bit of a closer look. A lot of times they're saying, yes, look, the, the literature has been in a mess. This is what you expect for a completely new condition. But we are getting very good signs that this is really real. Um, certainly that's, that's unequivocal. We're now getting immunological markers. And for some people it's very, very serious. But, but certainly it speaks to the fact that we, we haven't really defined the condition and we haven't really until recently got really good methodologies in place to understand what's going on at the population level. down a few floors now to the foreign desk here at the Times and Sam Masters you're going to be telling me what uh, we can look forward to tomorrow. Well there's lots to look forward to tomorrow um, obviously. Perhaps one that caught the eye um, of me this afternoon uh, was a story from Paris where a communist councillor proposed uh, subsidising health insurance for pets uh, largely um, dogs who are walked around the city and breathe in all the kind of noxious fumes we're used to. And uh, in France, where uh, these things are heavily subsidised, it'll go from what might cost you about two and a half grand a year here if you're going to do it to 52 quid. Think of a mix of Manchester City striker Erling Haaland. You got that in your head? Mm -hmm. And Game of Thrones. What do you get? A fencing? Little bit more than that. (laughs) Striking Viking. I love that phrase. This is his latest photo shoot. And money going to charity from the event, which was in the Oslo Fjords and shot by award-winning photographer David Yarrow. Okay, well, I'm looking at these photos now. So he's dressed up in all the gear, complete with a shield and an axe. They're very dramatic. Someone's earned their money coming Mm. up with that idea. Now, to get these shots, David had to lead Harland, who is a foot taller than he is, (laughs) step by step over slippery rocks to get him to the water. I hope he was careful because yeah. no one needs an injured Manchester City striker on their conscience, do they? No, and actually, thinking about it, they probably didn't need to go through quite so much danger after all because all I'm thinking when I'm thinking of these iconic photos is the iconic actress, Miriam Margulies. Do you remember her Vogue cover when she was just literally posing topless with some iced Chelsea buns? <laughs> I mean, I can't tell if that's stereotypically British or just stereotypically her. It's just my Saturday night. <laughs> if you want to look at those dramatic Harlan shots though you can by heading to thetimes.co.uk and we'll be back with another episode of the world in 10 tomorrow see you then